Jesus, King of the Jews. Mm. That was a very political statement because mm. it's if you're a king, how are you here where we've conquered you? And then the events that followed afterwards. Can you imagine believing that the kingdom is here and mm. then next thing you know, your king dies or your king is killed? Mm. What does that do to you as a person? How just despondent people might have been feeling then to know that, okay, this, what I expected is not really real. Welcome, Wanderer. Thank you for joining me, Cecile, and me, Tato, in interrogating and deciphering our formation, our beliefs, and all the ideas that have influenced and shaped our faith. Whether we're dissecting our ever-growing faith, contending for what we believe, or discussing how we have come to believe what we believe, we want to invite you to join in on our journey of rediscovering our faith. Welcome. Welcome. Did did it did up what are we talking about today so extra but anyway so i mean last time we spoke about some of the ideas some of the problematic ideas that you know we believe as christians which we think come from the bible but actually don't yeah um so i just well i didn't think about this i think we both thought of it as it would be the most (laughs) the most logical you know i must give honor honors to you the most logical you know progression right the word the english just lost me there uh the most logical progression would be to talk about what do we believe now yeah about our faith which may or may not be what we may believe tomorrow yeah by the way but also looking at jesus's story in that context right also considering we only have 20 minutes so we're just gonna gonna be a very brief skim over yeah um which is great because then it gives our audience an opportunity to Come correct us if necessary or flesh it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just flesh out what some of these instances that we talk about are or yourselves, what you believe in. Yeah. And you can just extend the conversation to um, wherever you are around the table, your spaces. Because as a community, we want to come together and go through these things together without any shame or judgment, but just being open to how we're rediscovering Jesus. Yeah, because hey, it's a gooshing thing, this one. Hey. So, Tato, what do you believe currently about Jesus? Well, the praise always, always comes through. Uh, I think maybe for starters, we can start off by looking at the story of this Jesus that we believe in and then relating that to how we carry our faith today, I guess. Okay, the story. How do you mean the story? Understanding Jesus in his context, mm. historically, what sort of person he was. Because I feel like as the body of Christ, we don't really give us time to look at Jesus in that way. Mm. The, the main story of this main character called Jesus, it's always the crucifix mm. uh, or just Sermon on the Mount. We don't really look at the historic uh, context that he lived in, that mm. he opposed, that he was uh, challenging. So maybe we could just briefly look at that like obviously we're not historic as experts mm. but like we can just get into it a little bit yeah i think that's a great place to start because i mean just like we spoke about in the last podcast a lot of these things in our faith come out of 
you know, a contextualizing scripture and taking stuff of the Bible or particularly the things that Jesus said or did out of their original context and then just like um, copying and pasting it into all these different contexts, which without actually taking into consideration the actual locale and what's happening at the time. So I think you're right. The story of Jesus is a great place to start. Yeah. But also I feel like as a church, we don't really look at Jesus as a political activist. The things that he opposed, the things that he came against were very political statements. To say at that time, to say to a Roman empire, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like you are contrary to the kingdom of heaven. That is challenging. That Mm. is a political statement. Absolutely. That would be challenging to a ruling party, to Mm. uh, somebody who's governing. Obviously, for the Roman empire, that would cause disruptive... English is leaving me today. (laughs) But I hear completely. I'm going to plug, um, I mean, a, a whole lot of people listening to us will probably already know um, about the kind of like media house that I run, which is Anna Domini. So yeah. last year, end of the year for Advent, we kind of like did a series of like four different leaders essentially um, in the faith, just really talking about Advent and Jesus coming to earth from this kind of perspective. And I love what Renee August said, you know, she, she kind of like took that I don't know if it's in Matthew or Luke, but when um, Jesus is, even before he's actually arrived, but like just his, him being announced that he's coming, you know, it, it, it says, you know, and he shall be Lord or something like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, Renee explained that that in itself is a political statement, right? Because yeah. only Caesar was Lord. And, 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 you know, again, in a podcast that I did with this professor called Ernest van Eck, who, if any of Come our listeners... Come on with the name dropping. If any of our, you know, audience is really wanting to dig into this research and, and do their own thing, he, he writes a lot and his stuff is actually very... Um, it's, it's open access, which means you can you can read it. Um, he has this particular resource. Um, it's, not, it's like a scholarly article. So it's called Interpreting the Parables of the Galilean Jesus, a Social Scientific Approach. It sounds hectic, but it's actually like he delves into the historical world of Jesus, which really helps you understand um, some of the things that he was up against, um, which, you know, some of the things we'll touch on later on. But yeah, like you're saying, like all of these, I mean, so he says in this, in this podcast that we did in March that like even good news, right? Evangelion in itself is a political thing because that's like, that's what people, it was, it was something that people carried as, as news. Don't, don't, don't cite me here. Listen to the podcast. But exactly like you're saying, like, some, like all of these things have very political undertones yeah. that um, when we don't understand the context um, and the language of the time, we completely lose in our day and age. Yeah. But I also don't, like, I haven't listened to the podcast that you're referring to, but I watched a few documentaries and the historians themselves are struggling mm-hmm. or are battling with the idea of this peasant Jesus because apparently during that time the historic account of Galilee is different to the understanding that we have of this poor Jesus Um, so back then there was no middle class obviously there was like the have and the have not but Galilee was placed within a municipality that was basking with commerce and um, urban lifestyle so it wasn't just up on a hill for the peasants it was it, it could have been something that Jesus was a part of that was as a carpenter who would trade he was exposed to like different cultures different tongues and because obviously he had to trade so it's that thing of can that jesus exist within the same body that poor jesus and the jesus that was in an urban space or how can we look at that beyond just what we have always seen because then the historic claim is that actually he was in an urban area he was in an urban area, but there's no denying that he was poor. I mean, we see that right yeah, in the Yeah, like, he was at a lower cost because he yeah. was a 
have and have not. He was mm-hmm. a have not because he was a carpenter. And to say someone is a carpenter was not to say he was an aristocrat. Absolutely. In fact, I mean, again, I love how FNX positions that and says even, I mean, I think uh, similar to you, I mean, other historians have also kind of doubted, you know, the whole carpentry thing because people didn't really work a lot with wood in that time. It was a lot of, a lot of stone, actually. So he was like a stone mason, if I, I think that is, is a correct term, um, but essentially a blue collar worker, like a construction yeah, worker. Yeah. And in fact, FNX, you know, in, in kind of like his writings, he talks about how, I think like you're saying, there really wasn't any middle class. Middle class. There was um, the peasants and obviously kind of the government officials, but then there was also these landowners, right? Like yeah. these people who went through, I think it's called a patronage system. Again, I don't know much, go do your research, but like he, yeah, explains about how these people essentially like, you know, drove people out of the land. Um, of course, we would never know anything about that in <laughs> our context. But um, yeah, these people who essentially drove people out of their land and there was obviously the the peasant class which had to pay taxes to the temple yeah. and had to pay tax, taxes to the, to, the, to the Roman government. And so the, yeah. the peasant, that whole you know, give to Caesar what belongs to right, Caesar. Right, the peasant yeah. class was heavily taxed. And then, so like Jesus and the peasants are coming against the, the politics system. of politics of Rome, which yeah. is itself, yeah, a very a very oppressive and colonial power. Yeah. And then they're also coming against the temple system, right? Which was, yeah. again, also, not only were they demanding a lot with their laws, the laborious laws, but they were also, these priests were also corrupt. Again, something we could never know about today because our religious leaders are so pious. <laughs> they're amazing. Anyway. They, they're amazing. Okay. But also, like, can you imagine living in that sort of system where mm. you are low class, you're low caste, and then having to claim that you're sent by God mm. and you challenging this existing kingdom with the kingdom of God? Obviously, mm. that is unimaginable, especially when you're against a Roman Empire, because that was the most powerful government of the time. And then to show that it was, I think someone said this, I watch a lot of documentaries, guys, and then I, I cannot figure out people's names. But someone was saying in the, one of the documentaries that I watched that even the idea of during the crucifix, the plaque, it said, Jesus, King of the Jews. Mm. That was a very political statement because mm. if you're a king, how are you here where we've conquered you? And then the events that followed afterwards, can you imagine believing that the kingdom is here and mm. then next thing you know your king dies or your king is killed mm. what does that do to you as a person not even just the idea that we already have romanticized the that time and not really looked at how just despondent people might have been feeling then to mm. know that okay this what i expected is not really real mm. Um, so I want to quickly ask you a question here because you, you, you've mentioned a couple of times about kind of like the political charge of some of these statements. Why does that matter so much to you? It, it does support the idea that Jesus was all about so, social transformation mm. because yes, the Jewish people might have expected at the time to have a Messiah that comes in with warrior spirit and just come in to slay and overthrow the Roman government. But in the way that he entered, in the way that he represented the kingdom of heaven, it's contrary to what people expected. I actually don't think I would have followed Jesus in that time, if I'm being mm. honest. Absolutely. I mean, he was like very radical. So just picking up on on, um, on that point that you mentioned, like how Jesus was talking about the kingdom a lot. Yeah. Um, I think like that's what resonates so much with me, this whole idea of the kingdom, right? 
So there's this book that Tato and I are reading called The Very Good Gospel by Lisa Sharon Harper, which is kind of part of our set reading course, I guess I can call it that, yeah, yeah, yeah. for um, this SGLA formation thing that we're a part of. And she talks about how, um, you know, there was a time, I think around ooh, the 1800s or maybe early 1900s where, you know, the church kind of like went into various extremes and, and kind of lost the focus on the kingdom, right? Yeah. And I've always been fascinated about this kingdom, like this mysterious now and not yet thing, because I think you know, in the church tradition that I came from, at least, you know, we always talk about the kingdom, we're building the kingdom. Yeah. But it's, it's like, what is this kingdom? Like, yeah, is yeah. it a church? Yeah. Is this kingdom about sending people to be missionaries in another part of the world? Is it about serving in church or giving? Like, what is the kingdom? And it's been, you know, a, a, an interesting journey for me, I guess, for the last two or three years, like, what discovering what is this kingdom that and that it's actually a real thing. It's a real yeah. place. You know, it's heaven on earth. That, you know, literally the Bible talks about most, you know, there'll be a new heaven, the new earth, right? But also, what does that new earth look like? Because we're still here. Our journey doesn't just... Our purpose on earth is not to look forward Absolutely. to heaven. It's to live now in the moment. But then that's what the thing, though. What does the kingdom like, look like now? Which is why I'm so fascinated by this whole concept. Because I'm like, I'm not hearing a lot of kingdom yeah. theology or, or teaching around what does kingdom look like. Yeah. But, the, but the Bible tells us that. And Jesus... That's what Jesus was was talking about, right? Like, yeah. like he said, like that's what he was preaching about, like the social political vision that is that is about how society is organized, as much as it is about like belief systems and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It's about how we live. It's about how you know yeah. where we put our money. It's about you know who is um, included in society. That's what this kingdom is, and and there's little pockets of it that we get to see in this world, but it will obviously ultimately be realized in the next world. But I guess for me. And for, in terms of like, you know, going back to what we're talking about, about how we understand faith now, it's about seeking out instances of this kingdom and also believing that it's, yeah. that it's can be real, right? Like Isaiah, I, I think it's exactly 65 where he talks about this new heaven, this new earth. It talks about yeah. like, you know, you know, the, the, us lying together with animals. It talks about like people building vineyards that they can actually eat the fruit from, building buildings that they can actually live in. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it paints a picture of a world that is just, that is yeah, equitable, yeah. which are all the things that we want and which is essential feature of the kingdom. And yeah. so, yeah, I think whether we're calling it a kingdom, whether we're calling it God's sovereign republic, whether we're calling <laughs> it... <laughs> the republic. Right? Because obviously, like, it's also about using language that is that we understand yeah, now, whether we're calling yeah. it God's reign, you know, so that we can be, you know, use inclusive language. Yeah. Like, it's... That's what I'm fascinated about now. And it's like, how can we as believers, first of all, believe this thing? Because then we can't live towards it if we don't believe it, right? If yeah. we don't believe that there could be a just world. Yeah. And it's, and it's a tension, even as I say that, because... Yeah, because obviously, like... We can't... The, the kingdom can't just be political. It has to be religious as well. It's it has not even to be about spiritual that as well. Me. Like, it's not... It's not just, just about that one for me, or the other. It's about like our, we, we probably won't ever see that fully recognized, right, in this world. That's part I of mean, the thing. I mean, ge- the first generation Christians thought that the apocalypse was coming right, right now. There was a sense of urgency, thinking that the kingdom is here, right. it's happening, and the second coming was going to come right there and then. So that's why even like Paul was encouraging the Thessalonians, I think, when people were already dying and they had not yet seen the second coming or the kingdom realized he had to encourage them to hang in there so it's even then they were just expecting it to happen right now and eons later we're still here (laughs) (laughs) waiting for it to come so i guess that's the thing though it's like that tension of how do you live as someone who does like those early christians believe that it's coming but also knowing that like i may not see it in my lifetime so like that's the tension of like living in hope yeah 
but also committing yourselves to the teaching of Jesus. Because if you are Absolutely. a follower of Jesus, then follow Jesus. Mm. Like when something does not reflect what he was aiming to bring to the earth and through the kingdom of God, if if something doesn't does not match that, then we need to speak against it. Then we need to challenge it. Then we need to, yeah, just come against it. Well, we wanted. I think we went a little bit of a on a little bit of a tangent, um, talking about the contextual Jesus and, and the importance of that. But I think that's fine beca- because the next time, I think what Tatiana and I want to talk about is how then do we practice this yeah. new faith yeah. that we, you know, believe yeah. in because there's still practices associated with it. Um, and part of that is, you know, how we read the Bible, how we live, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah. I think it, it's exactly what you just said also about like following the practices of Jesus, like, yeah. li- like being a disciple, like it's, I think I'm still fascinated by this term because it's not not it's a term that I've, I've always heard growing up like in the church but it's like it's a new thing to me because it's like wow how do you actually live as a disciple like and so and so I guess that's something that but also how, how are you uh, a disciple when you don't really understand how Jesus the message yeah but that's the thing, like, it's it's ancient writing to a contemporary reader Audience. so it's but that's the thing. That, that's why discipleship is such an important thing to talk about because being a disciple inherently means following in the way of Jesus, like you're yeah. saying, right? It's not just a belief system. It's not just yeah. something that you, um, that you just say with your mouth. It's, it's living in a particular way. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I think it's a fascinating thing for us to talk about. But like, yeah, in terms of like the way we understand faith now, I guess we can, if we're summarizing it, um, it's about understanding you know, the context of where I think our it's faith really, comes from. really important that because if we're calling ourselves Christians, then we need to understand this Christ that we follow. Right. And obviously it takes a deeper understanding. It takes a deeper um, searching and yearning. Um, and it, it'll take a while. I mean, like we, we don't really get into that, those kind of details when it comes to Jesus, but it is something that we'll have to commit to because we want to know the actual Jesus. Absolutely. All right, let's commit to know Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know how to wrap this up, guys. Just join us on the no, next one. Yeah. I think these are good chats. And again, yeah. you know, we've just been we're just skirting the surface here, you know, and also wanting to be cognizant to y'all's time. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna keep this short. Again, just yeah, like we yeah, always say, yeah. keep the conversation going. Yeah. yeah. How How are you finding or how are you rediscovering Jesus if you are on that journey? Nice. And what are the things that you have found that intrigue you, that shift your paradigm? And let us know. Let it be be a conversation. And see you guys on the next episode. Yeah. Bye.